following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows, find out about the promotions and the giveaways, go to Soaring Eagle Casino Casino.com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. We are back live across Michigan on a Tuesday broadcast. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. Inside this hour, Frank Schwab, Yahoo.com, National College NFL writer, will get his thoughts on where the Lions stand against the best in the NFL. Tim Stout, Stout on Sports on Michigan State, taking on Duke tonight, College Hoops in the Champions Classic down in Chicago. Can Izzo find some shooters? Also, who will be the next Michigan State head football coach? Stout from our affiliate, the game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing, here in about 25 minutes, Jeremy Reisman, pride of Detroit Lions, NFL insider, in about an hour, and my weekly conversation with former Michigan head coach and Piston senior advisor John Beeline. He joins me every week on Tuesdays to talk Michigan, Michigan State, Big Ten, Pistons, and the NBA. Talking hoops with Coach will be coming up later. If you want to join in on our Honolulu Blue huge question of the day presented by Coppercraft Distillery, who's the better basketball team right now? Right now, Michigan or Michigan State? Answer that at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. That's on the Mercantile Bank listener line. Mercantile Bank with locations all across Michigan. They're a Michigan-based bank. Add Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook. Let's go talk about the Lions. NFL story headlines. Buffalo Bills, is there a run over? Run over. Frank Schwab, Yahoo.com, national NFL NFL. columnist is standing by in the Roast Humber Coffee guest line. How you doing, my man? Doing well, doing well. Uh, What do you think about Buffalo? Uh, Is it the end of the run? Is it injuries? Is it... Just to what happens when you get a salary cap window in the league, and if you don't take advantage of it, could have won a Super Bowl or two, you have to hit the reload button. I think it's a little bit of everything uh, that you just mentioned. And just, uh, there's a lot of pressure on these guys. Like, I mean, you can, you can see it. Like, they're firing their offensive coordinator. I don't know if that's justified or not, really. And last night, I looked, I thought this was really telling, and I tweeted about it a lot. James Cook had not had a fumble the entire season. In game 10, he fumbles on the first play. Like, you don't want that to happen, for sure. It's a mistake. They immediately bench him for the next three possessions for a quarter and a half. He ends up going for 120 total yards. I, you don't think he would have helped in a two-point loss? Like, I, I, But it just showed to me that Sean McDermott is just grasping for straws. Like He's just so wound tightly that he's like, oh, that, that guy fumbled his first time in 10 games. we got to bench him. Like The next day, he fires off as a coordinator. I just think that playing in that fishbowl of Buffalo, which has never won a Super Bowl, 
which you know, they desperately want to get there. Which they thought they, you know, were they, they've come close in the playoffs before. I just think that you know when you're five and four and now five and five, it, the pressure gets to you differently. Uh, when you know I, I was cover the Packers for a while, and you just it's, football's different at a place like that. Like it's a place like Buffalo too, where the entire like life is Bill's football. So I just think there's a lot of pressure on these guys. Injuries have hurt for sure. I think that just, you know, teams got better. Like teams around them. I mean, the Miami Dolphins got better and the the Jets are a hard out who they lost to in week one. And do I think it runs over? Not necessarily. I think they could retool. I think they could, they could even make a run this season. It's not out of the question, but you see how precious these opportunities are in the NFL. We get used to the Chiefs and their five, six, seven, however many years of their run is going to be here, Patriots for 20 years. That's not usual. You usually get one or two or three at most bites at the apple, and then then you're gone. And then you know somebody else ushers you out. The Lions could take a lesson from this too. I mean, we think the Lions are ascending and they're going to be here for a while. And wow, if it's not this year for a Super Bowl, maybe it's next year. You just never know when uh, you know when kind of these windows close. Speaking of windows, Lions have just uh, opened up their window. It seems or it started middle of last season. Uh, what they did against the Chargers, D line play wasn't solid. Uh, made some mistakes. They weren't solid uh, in the red zone, but uh, their offense was impressive. They win. Romo and Nance are talking about this being a potential Super Bowl team. Frank, I know we've talked about the Lions, so if you had to rank where the Lions are with the best in the NFL at this hour, where would you put them? Uh, I think I, when I did power rankings, I had them fourth, but I think 49ers are better. Uh, I think the, when you look at the NFC, I think the Eagles and the 49ers are a better football team than the Detroit Lions. Now, that might not matter if they get the number one seed because Fort Field's going to be rocking, and you have two home wins to a Super Bowl. That's all. That's all. There it is. Go for it. And you're probably not playing the 49ers or the Eagles in the first round either. That's probably for the NFC Championship game. So I think of all the teams in football, I believe that the biggest thing going, like the biggest thing to watch over the last seven, eight weeks, I mean, there's a few other things, but it's whether the Lions can get the number one seed. Because I think that changes the entire complexion of the NFC. If it's the Eagles getting the number one seed, I just don't think the Lions are going to Super Bowl. I, I, maybe they can, like, you know, one game scenario, anything can happen, of course. But. If if the Lions have to play in Philly or in San Francisco, even in Dallas, if it comes to that, I just don't know that they can get over the hump. But you give me two Lions home games to a Super Bowl, why not? Like I think that just just changes the entire complexion of everything. So do I do I think the Lions are the best team in the NFC? No, but do I think they can win a Super Bowl? Yes, because but they got to get that one seed. It's all four of them. Like I thought, the Chargers game was a key kind of tipping point in their season of. If they win this Chargers game, the rest of their schedule is uh, up until the Dallas game, and I believe it's week 17. All the rest of their games are winnable. Like You look and you're like, which of these games are you going to lose? You'll probably stumble once, but you might not either. You might really be in for, you know, you're going into that Cowboys game at 13-2 and or whatever they would be. I think that's the key. If the key to the entire NFC right now is who gets that number one seed, I, I Even if it's the Lions, I think that they would have a great shot of of winning those two home games to get to a Super Bowl. What impresses you the most about the Lions when Nance and Romo will uh, put the phrase Super Bowl in the conversation with the Lions right now? Uh, What do you think is that similar thing that people see 
in Dan Campbell's team? You know, I think it's the fact that that they're doing everything well. I know they didn't play well on defense Sunday, but you know the Chargers are good offense. But I think their defense has come along along uh, very well. I mean, they're they're night and day from last year. I really believe that. And on offense, it's hey, you know, you, you want to get. 200 yards on you today in a run game? We can do that. We have the offensive line and two running backs to do it. Or do you want your draft to pass for 333 yards like you did the other day against the Chargers? Because we can do that, too. We, we got the weapons for that with Laporta, Amon Ra. And I, just, I, I just think the diversity of what they can do and how many different ways they can beat you, that's what gives the Lions a real chance. That's why they're sitting here, I believe, 7-2 and two right now. They're just a good overall football team. I, I, I've had a tough time getting the Ravens game out of my head because they were just so bad in that game. But uh, in every other game, they just they could beat you in different ways. Like, I mean, look at the way they beat the Chargers was entirely different than the way they beat the Chiefs. It was two different games, but they won both of them on the road against really good teams because I think that this, this Detroit team figures out now, and, and the coaching staff has too, Hey, whatever you want to give us, whatever your weakness is, we can exploit it because we have the personnel to do it. I think that's what's most impressive to me for the Detroit Lions. And I agree. Uh, if, if you look at what they did against the Chargers and then what they didn't do against uh, the Ravens, then you watch the Ravens implode uh, against Cleveland and trying to figure out the NFL literally is a week-to-week exercise. It truly is. Oh, it's crazy. I, I mean, you look at I know, right? I, the Ravens are the key example this week, but it's been, you know, the 49ers look like the absolute best team of football, and then they lose three in a row. Or I, it just seems like any team who's good is, is only going to be good for a week or two. I've used the term that, you know, all these teams are playing 17 one-game seasons. <laughs> because, I mean, the Broncos, look at the Broncos. The, I, I'm based out here in Colorado. When they were one and four, they looked like the worst team in football. There was nothing like, oh, there's these underlying things that they could turn it around. No, they were straight up miserable. Played better against the Chiefs, but they lost, and they're one and five, and they win three in a row after that, including wins over the Chiefs and the Bills. There was absolutely positively nothing to tell you at one and four that this team could salvage its season. But but that's what it is. That's the NFL right now, and that it's just it's an extra sketch. You just you turn it over, you, you shake it a little bit, it, it completely is gone because the next week is going to be entirely different than what we saw the previous week. It's it's this is what I know. We say this is it's really really a cliche, and I don't like using it, but I think this year more than ever. It's just it's a week to week league. There's nothing consistent. There's nothing permanent. Whatever you think your team is today, it might not be that way in six days when you play again. So it's just this league is just is a crazy season, and it's to me it's absolutely wide open. You know, there's a small window to win uh, week to week. There's a small window that opens up to have a run as a team, and we just talked about that with the Bills. But you know, with the speed, with the athletes. Uh, why I think it fluctuates week to week is that your athletes, if they're clicking, I don't care if you're a bottom feeder or how bad the Broncos were. When everyone said Wilson's done, Peyton can't connect to anybody again. He wishes he wasn't there. That if your athletes get on the same page, the NFL, and this is why I think it is up and down week to week, they're still some of the best athletes in the world. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I, I mean, it's 
It's you know, I mean, the difference between the teams is way overstated. I mean, yeah, there's a couple teams that are drawing absolutely dead. The Giants, for example, they're not beating anybody the rest of the season. The Panthers are pretty bad off. But from about team 28 to 27, whatever, in that range, to the third, fourth best team in the NFL, it's not that big of a difference anymore. It's All these teams are good. This isn't college. This isn't... You know, Michigan is not playing Eastern Michigan. You know, I mean, this is all these teams can beat everybody else. Is just there's different degrees of how good you are, but everybody's good. Everybody's capable, and we're seeing that with just. I mean, the Ravens, great example. I mean, I was like, oh wow, the Ravens are the best team in football. Ravens are number one, no question. And then they blow a 14 point lead at home to the Browns. I mean, that's just that's just kind of the state of the league right now, and that that kind of it's 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 good and it's bad. I I think that you know, I mean, when everybody's kind of in the middle. It's it, there's always it's always good for the league to have a, a great team to chase the 2007 Patriots or whatever where we're like can anybody knock them off? But there's something to be said about we're going to get into the playoffs and there's going to be 14 teams and 12 of them are going to feel like they can win a Super Bowl. It's it, it's that it's that kind of season. That's that's pretty much what the NFL wants out of its uh, parity as well. Frank Schwab, Yahoo.com, National NFL columnist, joining us on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line here on the Huge Show across Michigan. Uh, MVP voting uh, across the league, AOC, NFC. If you listed your top five today in order, who would that be? Mine, I would, you know, I, I, I almost have two answers because I, I know this isn't going to happen, but my top three would be Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, and Christian McCaffrey in that order. And I know they're not going to win. I know there's no chance. There's literally no chance Tyreek Hill wins MVP. So, and then after that, you know, I, I go to kind of, okay, now we got to put the quarterbacks up there. And I think, I, like, I, I know this sounds crazy, but I, I've looked at this, I've looked at it, I've read about it, I've watched the film, everything. If I had to vote right now and had to pick a quarterback for MVP, it would be C.J. Stroud. I just was going to say mean, that. I was going to say the same thing. All right. Yep. I mean, when you look at what he's done, when what he ha- what he has around him, let's not retrofit this to act like the Texans are a good team around C.J. Stroud. They they were one of the worst teams in the NFL. Just happened to hit on a once in a lifetime rookie quarterback. I mean, he's had the greatest rookie season I've ever seen. He has a fifteen to two touchdown to interception ratio. He leads the NFL in passing yards per game. He uh, he has lifted the Texans in the last two weeks to last minute wins, which we like, you know, in our quarterbacks. One of those was a road win at a really good Cincinnati team. What box doesn't he check? Because he's a rookie? We can't give him the award? Like, it. I mean, I see Patrick Mahomes at the top of the MVP odds, and I love Mahomes. He's great. He's maybe the greatest player I've ever seen. He's not having an MVP season, period. This is not a, this is not a vintage Mahomes season. Josh Allen's out of the race. I mean, Jalen Hurts has been fine. If you want to give it to him, okay, I can see it. Whatever. But why not C.J. Stroud? I mean, what? I think it, it speaks to the quarterback play in the NFL this year. It's really down. There's not a lot of there's not anybody having an obvious MVP season. So if that's the case, and I'm looking at this kid in Houston who every week elevates all of his teammates. Who's having last-minute drives? Who's throwing for 470 and five touchdowns in a game to carry his team to a win? Who's leading his team to a road win at Cincinnati? Who is better right now? If you don't want to vote for him just because he's a rookie and that hasn't happened since 1957 and Jim Brown, I think you're wrong. I think you need to look at this with an open mind and say, "Yeah, that rookie—he's he's the MVP too." Like it's weird. It's it's an outlier, but don't be scared to make that vote because I, I do believe C.J. Stroud. If I had to vote right now and it had to be a quarterback, I think C.J. Stroud is the guy. Yeah, and probably two weeks ago it was uh, Lamar Jackson, right? And then 
Two weeks later, it's C.J. Stroud, and it kind of fits this up-and-down model that we're labeling the NFL with, where in two weeks it could be uh, somebody else. All right, so uh, in the NFC, uh, Jared Goff, I don't don't think he's going to have anywhere near MVP numbers. He's obviously right there with a laundry list of Lions that could be uh, the team MVP. What category do you have Goff in now in the NFL quarterback uh, list? Uh, Would he be penthouse? Is he uh, living middle of the road? Is he in the lower third, middle third, upper third? Where would you put Goff? You know, I I view quarterbacks I I have for a long time this way, is that there are five to seven guys walking the planet who doesn't matter who your coach is, doesn't matter who your teammates are, doesn't matter anything else. You're just so good at playing quarterback in the NFL that you're lifting everybody on your shoulders. You're, you know, we know the guys, Mahomes, Hurts, I think he's in there. Uh, you know, I mean, guys like Burrow, he's another one. Those guys, I don't think, I don't think anybody would say golf is in that, that category, but that's fine. Like, because I think there's that next category of guys who are good enough to win a championship uh, or a lot of games or whatever you want to say. As long as there's a good situation around him, I mean, you're you're you know you're kind of next tier quarterbacks who, yeah, you do need a, a really good set of receivers or a really good defense or whatever it shall be. I think Goff is, is firmly in that, uh, that that conversation, and that's fine because the Lions are really good around him. They have a good coaching staff, they have a good running game and a good offensive line and an improving defense. So I, I just think that you know he's not, Goff isn't one of the top five, six, seven guys, but he's comfortably in that next five to seven guys who you say, sure, you win a championship with him. Why can't you? There's no fatal flaw there. He just needs a good team around him. So uh, I think he's – and there's no – nobody on earth can convince me that the Detroit Lions thought they'd be getting a quarterback that good when they made that trade. It was just, hey, we need to balance the salaries, fine, whatever. And you end up getting a top, what, 12 quarterback? And, you know, I mean, to the MVP case – look at Jared. We talked about it. It changes every two weeks. What did the Lions do get on this run and make the number one seed? I think Jared Goff is I think he's gonna have a lot of people in the media saying this is the guy because he he's the quarterback of the best team. I, I don't agree with that in, in 18 different levels, but you're gonna hear that narrative start if the Lions do get to 13 and two as we talked about, which they easily could looking at their schedule. A lot of people saying actually Jared Goff's the MVP of the league, and and it wouldn't it, it wouldn't blow me away if he actually won it. Yeah, like I said, week to week uh, NFL. Maybe it, it, it comes in four week runs. You know. Stroud obviously will be uh, the NFL Rookie of the Year. And when you look at the rookie impact, and especially here in the state of Michigan, Frank, uh, Laporta at tight end, uh, Gibbs at running back, Gibbs-Montgomery, best duo, I think, in the NFL right now at the running back uh, position. Jamal Williams still 11 games in on his career between the gambling suspension and blown out knee, still in that rookie uh, category in my mind. But you see the athleticism. Uh, Campbell at linebacker. I mean, I I just, Brad Holmes, if there's a GM of the year, because it's not just drafting Stroud and hitting the lottery uh, in terms of how good he is, but Brad Holmes running the Lions and the talent he's acquired through the draft and free agency, phenomenal. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I think that that's, that's very fair. I mean, he, I haven't really thought about, you know, who the best GM is right now, but why not him? I mean, that... They have they've done a great job. I mean, even even stuff like Brian Branch, Sam Laporta. I mean, they they've hit on a lot of these picks that have really turned their team around. And 
I just think the way they've built everything is, is just smart. I mean, they, they've done it from kind of the trenches out. I mean, you did get lucky. Like, there's no way they should have had a shot at Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, Jaguars should have drafted. They should have run their. They, they should have run that card up there like the Lions did. But they decided on Trayvon Walker, so the Lions, you know, actually just to kind of fall back into a, a, a Wolverine who ends up being one of the best defensive linemen in football right away. So you need to get lucky here and there. You need to get lucky with Jared Goff. They didn't know they had with Jared Goff, but he ends up working out really well. But they have done a great job building around that and, and hitting on a lot of things and Amon Ross A. Brown and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I, I think he's done a fantastic job. And, and the Lions should feel really, really good about their head coach and GM combination. And the players and the culture and the Road Warriors. Wins at Kansas City, at the Chargers, at Tampa, and at Green Bay. And granted, Green Bay, I think, may be not the worst complete team, but at least uh, the worst team in the NFC, nor of them or the Bears. I don't know how you you know go back and forth on that one. And you know, love still needs some work. And this is the year everyone thought it would be. I know the Packers have been there at the end in a lot of games, and that's because of their defense. That's why when some say, "Well, the Packers are the worst team in the NFC North," I still say, "Okay, I'm gonna even when Montez sweat with the Bears, I'm still gonna stick with the Bears." Yeah, I mean, it's. As you said, I mean, it, it, it's going to be interesting. I think the Bears are really interesting going forward just because, I mean, they got this top pick. I, I, I assume Carolina is not going to dig themselves out of the cellar. Maybe they get the second pick, but there's two good quarterbacks in this draft. So, I mean, the, the beauty of any of these teams, and it includes the Lions a couple of years ago. I mean, the Lions, what was it? It was two, three seasons ago. They were 0-11-1 to start the season. Here they are. We're talking about them as the number one seed. That could be anybody in the NFL. The beauty of the NFL. Everybody, if you ever hear somebody say, oh, you know, they set their franchise back 10 years, like, no, they didn't. Like, it is almost impossible to do that because in an NFL rebuild, if you do everything right, like the Lions have, it's three years. In three years, you could be on top of the NFL if you if you hit the right draft picks and sign the right guys. So, I mean, that's kind of the beauty of it, and and that's why you know Lions need to take advantage of this. Like they, they're uh, obviously among the elite teams in the NFL, but you're not guaranteed anything tomorrow. Maybe the Bears or the Packers or the Vikings even are going to be great team in two years, and and all of a sudden you're the Bills and you're you're looking up at the the rest of the AFC East. So it, it's just the it's a good and a bad of the NFL in that your your window to win championships usually is very very slim. Frank Schwab, Yahoo.com, National NFL Insider. He knows football. Good stuff, Frank. Thank you for your time. Absolutely. I appreciate it. All right, Frank Schwab checking in on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. Tim Stout, Stout on Sports from our affiliate, The Game, 730 AM in Lansing. He'll join us in our next segment. What's up with Izzo and the Spartans tonight in that Champions Classic basketball game against Duke? And who's the leading candidate to replace Mel Tucker? at the Spartan Football Headquarters. We'll talk to Stout and Lansing, Jeremy Reisman, Pride of Detroit, Lions NFL Insider in 40 minutes, and also here in about an hour, my weekly conversation with former Michigan head coach John Beeline. Each and every week we'll talk Michigan, Michigan State, Big Ten, Pistons, and the NBA. Coach will check in within the hour here on the huge show across Michigan. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. 
save on Thanksgiving in one stop at Meyer. Get a Meyer Grade A frozen turkey, 59 cents per pound, limit one, plus all the potatoes, stuffing, and tasty pies you could want. And preview Black Friday deals in the Meyer app. Deals so good, you just gotta celebrate. Get Thanksgiving in one stop and shop holiday deals this week at Meyer. Exclusions apply. See all deals in the Meyer app. Make sure you listen weekly to our Moving Ferris Forward interviews with Ferris President Bill Pink and other leaders who are moving Ferris forward. Find out more about Big Rapids and Ferris and what they have to offer at ferris.edu. Imagine this. Winning big at Soaring Eagle. It's a Black Friday free fall every week in November. Each week, nab the best deal around with drawings from 3 to 11 p.m. Every hour, four lucky players will win up to $1,000 premium play. Don't miss a moment of the excitement. It's Black Friday free fall. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan. Available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive, boys and girls, High School Sports, MHSAA.TV. That's MHSAA.TV. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back live across Michigan Tuesday broadcast with Superfly Hayes as our executive producer. Our Honolulu Blue huge question of the day presented by Coppercraft Distillery. Who's the better basketball team right now, Michigan or Michigan State? You can answer that question at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. That's on the Mercantile Bank listener line. Mercantile Bank with locations all across Michigan because they're a Michigan-based bank. Let's go talk to Tim Stout, Stout on Sports, from our affiliate, the game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing. Stout on Sports weekday mornings at 10 a.m. Huge show, tape delayed weeknights at 6 p.m. How you doing, Timmy? Good, Bill. Beautiful day today. Nice day today. So when weather's good, I'm good. Good day. All right. Well, good to talk to you. Uh, let's uh, discuss Michigan State basketball right now. What on your show, the people in East Lansing, Lansing Metro area, what are they saying about this team? What are issues and what are you expecting tonight against Duke? 
Well, I think it's early, Bill. I was surprised, frankly, that after the James Madison loss, they dropped from four to 18 in the Associated Press poll this week. I mean, that's 14 spots off one loss, and the game went overtime as it was against a good team. I thought they'd fall, but I didn't know if they'd fall out of the top 10, which just shows you the guesswork that there is in college basketball when you start the season, you know, right away in early November, the way it has. Southern Indiana was an extremely weak team. Nobody paid any attention to that. You know, it's like some of these games that you play, that by you play them, I have no idea what you get out of that, as I guess you can get backup players some playing time. And he and Tom Izzo got freshmen into that game that might not play tonight. I think the most intriguing thing about tonight is who is he going to play? Because now he's in crunch time. Now he's playing a team that could be a prominent team in the NCAA tournament, could be a team he has to beat in the NCAA tournament to, to keep moving on. So at this point in the season, let's see what he thinks of the four freshmen. Let's see what he thinks of the veterans. Let's see what he thinks those guards should be or the front line should be, who's going to take the shots and who's not. They'll be interested to see if Tyson Walker's shin splints are a problem tonight because he's going up against very good athletes that aren't nearly what he faced against Southern Indiana, even though he played and he, you know, he played reasonably well, but they could get him out of the game. I think those shin splints are going to be an issue moving forward because a lot's going to be you know, you know, focused on him to, uh, to have big scoring nights if it gets to that against Michigan State. I think it's still early. I, you know, I saw Duke play at home against Arizona. Michigan State plays Arizona on Thanksgiving night on Fox right after the Lions are done with Green Bay. Okay, so they're going to go to Palm Springs, California. Arizona obviously looked great against Duke. But when you're this early in the season in November, I think sometimes if you play well or you play poorly, there's somewhat of a false read on that. So if State wins tonight, they'll feel great. If they don't win but they make it a good game, you know, then I think they've got something to build on. Like I say, I'm more interested to see who gets the playing time because with all these veterans and those four heralded freshmen, you can only play five guys at one time, and you're obviously going to play the guys you think you need to win, and I think that's what's going to be interesting to see. Who's the next head football coach at Michigan State? Well, you're like everybody else. You know, you think that I, – I, I don't think they know, Bill. I really don't. I don't think they have formally gotten into any kind of interview process. I think they've done their background work. I think they've checked to see who might be available and who's interested. I think what's far more credible is who can you eliminate over who can you put in there. I I, I still believe they're going to go for a younger coach. I do not think that they're going to try to get into a you know, a payroll problem trying to save somebody from somewhere else. I would be surprised if they go, and when I say older coach, I'm talking about anybody in his 50s. I, I would not be surprised if they go to someone in their 30s. If I had to take a wild stab, just because you're asking me when this thing is nowhere near complete, if I had to take a wild stab, I would, I would take a hunch on Jason Candle at Toledo. And oh. I think that guy... 
I think he's going to get a job somewhere. There are five jobs open right now in Division One, and there are going to be more coming. Okay, Mississippi State, Boise State. You know, we know about those schools. Okay, Texas A&M, Michigan State. There are five total Division One schools that are looking for head coaches, and the number is going to grow. Someone's going to pick off Jason Candle at Toledo. He should be ten and zero. Okay, he, he lost his opener by two to Illinois, and they've dominated everyone ever since. Now. If you're asking me, that's who I predict. No, that's not who I predict. If you're asking me to take a wild stab, I would take a wild stab on him. I said Candle earlier, about an hour ago on the show. I, I, I looked at it and I said, all right, you're Michigan State. And let's be honest about everything connected uh, to the program right now. You are going to be four full recruiting classes. I get the transfer portal and you can strike gold like Tucker did with Walker, but you got to look at the talent on this roster. You got to look at what's coming to the Big Ten uh, with Oregon, Washington, UCLA, USC, Michigan, even with their issues, still won at Penn State. You have Ohio State. You have Penn State. You're Michigan. I take Campbell. Uh, you're, he's not going to cost you $5 million a year, and you let the guy build the program. Rebuild. Well, what I want to do, Bill, is I want to hear what he has to say. I want to hear what Brian Hartline, what, what do you have to say? In other words, when you sit down, okay, guys, first of all, are you interested? Oh, you are? Okay, why, why do you think you could have success at this job? And how do you evaluate what you see here with what we see here? You know, you know, what do you think it's going to do? What do you think the ceiling is here? What do you think in football the ceiling is here? Where, where are you with all that? I'd like to hear what they have to say. I mean, in an interview, do they wow you? Do they don't impress you? Do they you think, you know, maybe they're looking for the money? I, I you know, I, I want to hear what they all have to say, because I think, Bill, it's more complicated now for what you just said. The schedule's not going to get any easier. It's going to get tougher. I don't think Michigan and Penn State and Ohio State are going away anytime soon. All you have to do is look at the level of talent that Michigan State has against just those three alone, okay? Just those three alone, and they've had trouble beating anybody else. And, and December 4th, the portal opens. It reopens December 4th, and I'm wondering, is it going to be a stampede from here with the season over into that portal? And by a stampede, are we talking six guys, more guys than that? Are there guys going to wait? I, I just think there are so many unknowns here for you to say one coach over another. If I was hiring them, I want to hear what all these guys have to say. And if they tell me if, what I want to hear from the standpoint of, oh, man, this can be a great job. You can win here, blah, 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 the whole deal. I'd say, why? Why do you think you can? How are you going to overcome that? Here's what we have in terms of what we can pay assistant coaches. Here's what we have in terms of the schedule. Here's what you're inheriting, blah, 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 the whole deal. And it doesn't mean that I would shy away from the guy if he was critically in his analysis and says, you got a long way to go. I do think you need someone with a massive amount of energy. That's why I would put Heartline, depending on what he wants to do, you know, into this. I mean, it's going to be difficult for anybody chasing Brian Hartline because you never know how long Ryan Day will stay at Ohio State, and is that the job that he covets after that? If he does, he's probably better off staying there or going to a school that is not in the Big Ten. But I, I think I don't think Michigan State's that far yet. You know, I'd be surprised, Bill, if they have a coach immediately after the season. I think they want to go with haste. But the last time they went with haste, 
You see what they got stuck with because they couldn't do enough background work. And furthermore, they didn't look really at too many people. They thought they had fickle. It fell apart. Now we got spring practice around the corner. We're in a brutal situation right now. So what are we going to do at the last moment? We'll fling money at Tucker because we got a couple of good uh, recommendations on him. And I claim if they would have had that opening back in November, December, after the 2022 season, Tucker never would have been here. I don't know who would have, but I don't think he would have. He didn't have a resume. He didn't interview well enough. The money was the whole thing to him. He lied to Colorado about what he was going to do there. And I think from with more time that they could have bought to get a coach to replace D'Antonio, I don't think he would have been here. And have they learned from that? Then the other thing is, you know, here, Bill, who's going to hire the coach? Okay. You know, Izzo's going to have a hand in this thing to either agree or disagree. And yes, Haller is leading the charge, but he's going to have to get everything passed to whoever the current president is, let alone maybe the incoming president, who I still think could be hired here within a couple of weeks. And then you've got to deal with this board of trustees and they all have their own opinion. So that all comes into play in this whole thing, which to me means they are nowhere near. They're trying to get through these last two games and just have something that looks reasonably credible on the field, okay? Because they don't want to lay an egg at Ford Field in Detroit. That's all their alumni base there. They may lose it, yes. But can we lose it and look like we've got a pulse as a football team? And if they get beat by Indiana Saturday and then they lose to Penn State, I mean, the downer going into the offseason to me is just going to be magnified that much more, in my opinion. His name is Tim Stout, Stout on Sports, weekday mornings, 10 a.m., also Stout on TV, Lansing State Journal and more. On the game, 7.30 a.m., weeknights, 6 p.m. until 9 p.m., you can hear the huge show, tape delayed in Lansing. Timmy, always appreciate the conversation. I'm looking forward to seeing Izzo and the Spartans and what they do against Duke tonight. What's your early gut vibe before I let you go? Well, I understand why Duke's a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I mean, if they both play the way I've seen them both play, I'd take Duke by a couple of points because I think Duke's got a little bit more talent. But, you know, Bill, and you're on a neutral site, on a big stage and all that, who's going to stand up? And because of that, I think Duke might have just a couple of more points in this game. But like I say, if State hangs in there tough, they'll learn something from a positive moving forward. That's the way Izzo works. Timmy, enjoy your Tuesday night, my man, in the game, okay? Talk to you soon, Billy. Thanks for calling. All right, Tim Stout, Stout on Sports, checking in on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line. If you want to join in, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Add HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook. You can also opt in on that HUGE text chain. Text the word HUGE out of 21,000. That's the word HUGE out of 21,000. Zero, zero, zero. Jeremy Reisman, Pride of Detroit, another one of our Lions NFL insiders. He'll join us coming up here momentarily. Also, John Beeline, my conversation. Every Tuesday, we talk hoops with the former Michigan head man. What about that Wolverine victory last night at Madison Square Garden? What about his thoughts on Duke and Michigan State? Uh, Plus, Pistons, worst record in the Eastern Conference and NBA conversation, along with who is the best in the Big Ten coach beeline within 40 minutes. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net.
Merck Perks from Mercantile Bank is here. Merck Perks Checking has all you need to plan your busy lifestyle. Travel services for hotels, airfare and cruises, cash back rewards, and even savings on prescriptions, eyewear, and dental work. Merck Perks also includes all the traditional benefits you love, like online and mobile banking and fee-free access to almost 40,000 MoneyPass ATMs. So when you're ready for Perks, Merck is here. Learn more at MyMerckPerks.com, member FDIC. Bill Simonson here for Roast Umber Coffee. It's a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And their nitro cold brew coffee is a convenient and healthy option with no sugar or additives. So if you want a great coffee or energy drink to power you through your morning and your day, it's available in ground or whole bean or in cans. More information on the website and direct delivery to your door at RoastUmber.com. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. Book your stay this fall in luxurious first-class room and receive $50 premium play, a $20 spa credit, and a $25 dining credit. Rates are just $289 a night, Sunday through Thursday, and $339 on Fridays and Saturdays. Reserve your room now, only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort, your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Van Andel Institute Purple Community is a grassroots fundraising network powered by the dedicated volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve human health now and in the future. When you raise funds through the Van Andel Institute Purple Community, 100% of the proceeds go directly to the Institute's research into diseases like cancer and Parkinson's, as well as VAI's science education programs. Learn how you can get involved at purplecommunity.org. They say consistency is the key to success. They weren't wrong. So how about grabbing a beer that's consistently smooth, consistently refreshing, and consistently light? You might just find that the road to success can be pretty enjoyable. Michelob Ultra, the perfect balance of taste and refreshment in only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. The Huge Show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. Lions conversation on the win over the Chargers. Looking ahead to the Bears on Sunday in Detroit. Jeremy Reisman, pride of Detroit Lions NFL insider. Here in about 10 minutes, about 30 minutes away from my weekly conversation with John Beeline, the former Michigan coach. We'll talk hoops. What about that Wolverine win last night at Madison Square Garden over Rick Patino and St. John's? His thoughts on Michigan State and Duke tonight in Chicago. That game will tip off at 7 p.m. on the Bristol Network. Who's the best team in the Big Ten right now? Is it Purdue? And the Pistons have the worst record in the East. Mm. Coach Beeline, each and every Tuesday afternoon throughout the basketball season, I believe through the NBA Finals in June. You want to join us? Our Honolulu Blue. Huge question of the day presented by Coppercraft Distillery. 
Who's the better basketball team right now at this hour, Michigan or Michigan State? You can answer that question at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. That's on the Mercantile Bank listener line. Add HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook. I think it's easy to say Michigan right now, State beats Duke tonight, looks good. You'll say Michigan State, but I'm just asking the Honolulu Blue, huge question of the day, who's better right now? By the way, speaking of Honolulu Blue, from Coppercraft Distillery, an adult-crafted cocktail, 21 and up, blue raspberry lemonade, vodka, the Honolulu Blue and silver can. You can get it inside Ford Field at your local restaurant, pub, bar, or store here in Michigan. Game days and celebrating a huge WR better with a Honolulu Blue from Coppercraft Distillery. November 25th, those of you going down to the big house, I'll be set up right across the street. Uh, You'll see a huge tailgate. And I will be there broadcasting live on Friday, the night before 3 until 6, setting up what will be the biggest tailgate party right across from the stadium. You'll see the huge show, Michigan Sports Network, Soaring Eagle banners. Look for it. It's a bash. It's Ohio State, Michigan. I think Marty said that the hotels are all booked up, so me and him are in the RV again, just like opening day down in Detroit. Okay. Huge game and a huge tailgate. More details later in the week. 24-7, everything you need with this show is free and available at thehugeshow.net. Big. Bad. Huge.